Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy's Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, We are coming off of a super fun episode this past week where Ryan and I talked about everything going on in Kingsland this offseason from uh, the Bleacher Reports trades, some of the stuff going on with Buddy Heald, our takes on Bogdanovich, and the NBA Finals. If you are looking for anything Kings cast, you can find our entire catalog streaming wherever you find our podcasts. Uh, checking in with my co-host today, Ryan, what's good? What's going on? I am excited to be here. As always, it's been a great week. I know last week we talked about the birth of my son. It's been a week and one day, so it's been a great week. Um, a lot of stuff coming from the from the bench mob side on Facebook, that group. Shout out you guys. You guys are doing good. Um, for everybody who's posting in there, we are using your content. We like to go on there and see what people are talking about, what people are interested in. And it's been great. So people keep interacting, man. It's been really, it's just been a phenomenal week. Uh, with the yeah. whole Kings cast and Kings stuff, so yeah, between that and and Twitter and just just all the you know all the different groups we're part in, so it, it's been good to just talk to to Kings fans and just kind of get different opinions. Uh, we don't always agree with everybody, but it is it is fun to just kind of see where people's takes are, and it does it does help us out. But I can tell, man, I, I that people have been checking us out, which is cool because Ryan, our October numbers are have I'm just they're coming in, and I think it's going to be our our most listened to month ever, which has been great. Uh, every episode, they're they're turning over, and I was kind of concerned because you know in. I guess post bubble, it's like, you know, people might've been over the Kings by now, but I guess the off season is probably one of the most exciting times to be a Kings fan. Right. So um, I I get why people are listening. So we do appreciate that support guys. Um, We have a freaking loaded episode for you guys today. Uh, Generally Ryan and I just kind of run through a list of topics that are going on, but this week we really decided it's probably best that we come on and dedicate an entire episode to buddy healed. Uh, Ryan and I have been very consistent since the start of the season last year about our feelings towards Buddy Yield. Uh, we've kind of defended the whole situation between him, Bogdanovich, front office, et cetera, throughout the season. Um, and now that things are kind of heating up, stories are leaking, and this seems to be the hot topic that's dividing Kingsland currently. Uh, we decided as the offseason is getting going, let's get on here and drop our take to one solo episode. So uh, it's loaded, Ryan. I think we have to get into it, man. 
Let's do it. Real quick, uh, I love how you just always say the numbers are in and it makes it sound so official. Guys, literally the numbers coming in are us checking our podcast platforms and seeing how many views we have. But thank you for, <laughs> thank you for making it sound so official. You, you know, you got to pump it up as much as you can, man. And, uh, but it is cool. You know, it, it's fun because we just do this for fun. We're not, and, and today's episode is probably going to be, we should probably preface the episode saying Ryan and I aren't journalists. We have no desire. We got full-time jobs, families, things like that. We do this because we, we strictly love the Kings and we're just fans. And so, um, it, you know, it, it is always fun to one, like Ryan mentioned, to get those interactions and then two, just to see people freaking listen to us. So, uh, you know, that's why I like to, I like to put it out there. Um, so Ryan, I am going to put the tinfoil hat on as we jump into this episode. Cause it's all buddy healed, but I, I have a conspiracy theory, dude, and I got to bring it to the podcast today because no one's talking about it, but, uh, you know, you know, me and you, and you know, you, man, and, and we freaking read all the articles. We follow all the takes, we see all the stories and we follow the Kings closely. And, and especially this year, we're doing Kings cast. We've been seeing things every step of the way. And we've been throwing out our opinions every step of the way. And now that we're done with the season and stuff's going on with buddy Hills, I got a freaking conspiracy theory. So, um, I'm going to jump right into this one. All right. Um, so I'm going to try to break it down, jump in whenever, Ryan. All right. So all right. the big one right now is, is buddy healed and this whole weird situation that surrounded the Kings. Ryan has said number of times, you said it last week, last episode, Ryan. What did you say again about Buddy Hill last year? People were loving him. You were oh, saying okay. something like that. So, so last year, this time, literally exactly a year, people were very excited for Buddy Hill. Oh, we love Buddy. Sign him that contract. Keep him around. We got to build around him and Fox, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Buddy Hill's stats are pretty much identical uh, to what they were last year. Dip a little bit, like maybe half a point, whatever it was. The only difference is, is Jaeger's gone, Vladi's gone, and the team took a big shit at the end. That's the only difference. So for everybody who's hating on Buddy Heald so much, take a step back, look at the situation that he was put in this year, and, and ask yourselves, is Buddy Heald really the problem? Because in my experience, the players in Sacramento usually are not the problem. It's usually the organization. That's why we have a 15, 14-year playoff drought. All right. So I think we need to hold uh, the organization accountable and stop hating so much on Buddy because honestly, Buddy hasn't really done anything wrong besides not answer Luke Walton's phone calls. And honestly, it's the offseason. Who gives a shit? So <laughs> Ryan, Ryan was going off there, but like, yeah, last year, this time, everyone was. They wanted him, you know, Bogey and Buddy were both up for contract extensions all right and so they were working on both of those deals um bogey was apparently offered but he was asking for a little bit much uh and they weren't able to get a deal done and then buddy was they were able to get a deal done now the 24 it, it's 24 million the first year that de-escalates to 18 over the, through the four years uh so it's not a terrible it's a i think it's a good contract for the kings in the position they were in right so they locked that guy up hasn't even kicked in yet so at that time ryan and i were both and this is october november last year season was just getting going and we were both at like okay uh bogey's gonna get traded at the deadline because they're not gonna let him hit restricted free agency and be forced to match some type of contract offer right that that's not reasonable and not fair and Ryan has said 14.9 uh, more than 14.9 is the number for him Ryan has said he's out so 15 Ryan's out and I, and I'm a little bit lower I think they should just let him go altogether but besides the point uh we never wanted it to get this far we were we were pounding the table November December January to to move bogey the deadline all right so as we go into the season the Kings started off real real terrible 
uh, that opening night loss. And then freaking everyone got fucking hurt, dude. De'Aaron Fox gets hurt. Marvin Bagley gets hurt. Um, Dwayne Dedman fucking can't play basketball. So terrible signing. Um, Trevor Rees is old. Uh, Rashawn Holmes was cool. He was a bright spot in the lineup, but he's not going to be the one to make that difference night in and night out for you. So the Kings just weren't a very good team in December and January. Buddy was playing. Harris HB was playing, right? Buddy was doing his thing, but the Kings were losing. Darren Fox comes back end of December. They lose end of December, January. They didn't do very well. As we go into the all-star break though, we're putting together our trade stuff. We're thinking, okay, bogey is for sure getting traded. The team's going to get healthy. Second half, the lineup's going to look solid. The lineup everybody wants, right? With all the dudes in it. And Bagley's back. Fox is back. You know, HB, Buddy, Holmes. It's, it's looking solid. Well, Bogey doesn't get traded. He doesn't get traded. And at that time, we're like, holy shit. They're, they're, and you're hearing reports about Bogey. Everything is going to be matched. That bo- that's going to come Bogey's way. That's what you're hearing coming out of Kingsland. Um, shortly after, in February, all right, um, you're hearing Sam Amick, okay, from The Athletic, right, Ryan? The Athletic? Sam Amick from The Athletic writes this article that there's some issues, I guess, between Buddy Heald, his representation, Vaudi in the front office, and potentially ownership. Everybody on fucking KCK, you know, Carmichael, Dave, Grant at the time, denied all these claims, but Sam Amick stood by his, his reports. It kind of died down after that, all right? Um, and then shortly after, you know, or maybe around that time, Buddy gets benched. So, um, Ryan, why don't you take us back and, and up to that point, uh, why did, you know, Buddy, Buddy gets benched? It was kind of weird. I mean, he had been the Kings' leading scorer the previous season. He was the, bright, the one talented player who had really been consistent in the lineup for them up until that point, and then they just upped and benched him. Um, talk a little bit about that. Okay, so you've, you've already touched on a few points. Coming into the season – um, they lost that first game and then everybody got injured. Everybody got injured. Bagley's out. Fox is out. Uh, Holmes missed time. And because of their bad moves that they had made in the offseason, they were rolling out the red lineups with Dwayne Dedman, you know, Nemanja, HB, Ariza, Buddy Heald, Kojo, stuff like that. And honestly, just not very talented athletic lineups with no ball handlers, okay? So what was asked of Buddy Heald was, hey, you got to be a primary ball handler. Okay, you got to do stuff that you're not really great at, all right? And to me, it's unfair that they asked that of Buddy Heald, and that's where Buddy started getting a lot of hate. The team was atrocious November, December, January. He was terrible. So the, when the switch finally came that Bogdanovich, you know, they put him in the lineup, it just so happened that everybody got healthy, okay? Fox was healthy. They were able to move Dwayne Dedman. They were able to move Ariza and bring in a uh, Kent Bazemore, Alex Lynn, Holmes was healthy. So I think the team's success was more of healthy, and it wasn't so much Buddy getting moved to the bench uh, for Bogdanovich. So that's, you know, people got to realize that that was more what it was. So that's this, this point right here is where my, like, tenfold conspiracy is where I'm going to bring it in, all right? Sam Amick writes this article. He exposes everything, stands by his – Stands by his article, but everyone denies it. And then after that point, Buddy's getting benched and he's pissed. Okay, he's pissed. He's the, he's the bench guy. And I think right here is where I think Vladi made that decision at that point that going into the offseason, this is pre-pandemic, right? So they're think, we're talking this, this past summer. Vladi is thinking, we're, we're going we're gonna to just extend Bogey and Buddy's going to be gone. 
All right. And we're just going to move him and get players back and move forward, move forward with that. All right. And I, here's, here's my conspiracy, man. I think that um, Buddy Hilton's representation is pissed off because I, Ryan, I'm telling you, man, I think that Vaudi Divock railroaded Buddy Hield, convinced him to sign that contract, and knowing all along that there was a good chance he was probably going to end up trading the contract for assets later. That was his main motivation for signing him to the contract, not to sign him to actually utilize him and play him because – they didn't give him a fair chance. Anybody who watched the Kings all year, he didn't get a fair chance. He played with shit lineups, and then as soon as the lineup got healthy, he got benched. And because the team looked got healthier and played a little bit better, ever, that's the claim you hear out of Kingsland, even from like people who are smart and follow the team. Well, the team was better with him on the bench. That doesn't fucking mean anything. To it has nothing to do with him. It has to do with the team. So I think that I think that. The that that Vladi said, fuck it, we're just going to trade this guy for the asset and, and screw it, right? And that's what locked him in. So the pandemic happens, everything happens. It makes it real difficult at the summer for the front office to fire people. It was just kind of a weird. You couldn't fire anybody at that time. It was so unstable. So I think you know, Ryan, you know that Vivek. It's known that Vivek loves Buddy Hield, right? That's that's something that's out 100%, 100%. there. Hundred percent, hundred percent, loves him. I think what what the what the Kings, you have Joe Dumars in the ear of Vivek. I think he's been this special advisor, and there's probably other people we don't know. We don't fucking we don't we're not insiders or something, right? I think there's a part of ownership and part of that side. Dumars is saying, "Hey, this is the wrong move. I think this is the wrong move. I think he he messed up right here, but we're gonna let him play out the bubble because the team did play well down the stretch, and if they can somehow make a playoff and do that, maybe we'll let him carry on with his plan. All right." But because the Kings sucked in the bubble, I think that the Kings uh, ownership sided with their advisors that they had and sided with Buddy Heald, and that's why Vladi Divac got fired. Right? That's my, that is why Vladi Divac got fired, because he already had made up in his mind he was not going to let Buddy Heald work. I think there was something coming down on to Luke Walton about that and pressure being put on them. I don't know, man. Again, Ryan and I are not insiders. This is all just, if you read between the lines and see how the lineups were and how the season went, it just really looks this way. And I think that Vadi put all his eggs in the bogey basket, hoping they were going to make it. And when they didn't, and they were the worst team in the bubble, ownership said, you made the wrong fucking decision. We're going to let you go. All right. And so that, that kind of brings us into the off season. They fire Vladi. They bring in this now. Now they bring in this slew of front office nerds, okay, who are are basically going to change this, put this team in the direction. That, and I'm I'm guessing that the ownership has said, make it work with Buddy. The previous guy wouldn't. You make it work, all right. And then they bring in Alvin Gentry, okay. Now Alvin Gentry coached the Pelicans, Buddy Hield's rookie year, okay. He was the coach for that team when they drafted him. There's a connection there. People, it's, you know, Alvin Gentry's uh, known as being kind of like a cool guy with players and has a good reputation around the league. There's a relationship there with Buddy Hill. Uh, I think Alvin Gentry, having previously coached in Golden State and then back in the day with the Suns, I think he has an understanding of concept, concepts of off-ball movement, three-point shooting, and playing with pace. That falls in line 
with what Vivek wants and falls in line with what Vivek wants out of Buddy. All right. They bring him in. And I really think, and I'm going to give a shout out to our boy, Chris B friend of the show. He gave me this, this line today. He said, you know, I think like Chris said, now that you're telling me this, I think that that ownership's probably going to, to Luke Walton and is saying, make it work. Make it work because we have all these guys here. You need to make it work with Buddy Hield, and that's why they brought in Alvin Gentry to bridge that gap. And you're hearing these reports this past week about the calls, right? Not taking calls. I think Alvin Gentry was 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 brought in to help Luke Walton and help the team figure out a way to utilize Buddy Hield to mend the relationship and to move forward. That's what I think, and that's my that's my big giant conspiracy theory because. No one knows right now. It's all this speculation. But but if you look at it, Ryan, and as we go into our conversation and say, I know I've been talking and, and I know you're going to get into it. Buddy Heald is the second best, most, okay, second most talented player in the league. I'm not going to, I'm going to exclude Bagley because he's not proven yet. On the Kings, on the, on Kings. the Kings. You, said, you yeah. said the league, on the Kings. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. On the, on the, on the team. Okay. On the team. So, there's no point to move him and trade him and do all that. They, they, the Kings have a legitimate asset. And really, Bogdanovich, the guy who loved Bogdanovich, got fired. He got fired. I don't think, I don't think that the front office, the coaches, and I don't really think ownership is going to want to pay Bogey the money. So my, my overall prediction, I guess, is that they're going to move forward with, with Buddy. And I, I, and I think that's what's going to happen, man. So is it crazy? Is that like a crazy conspiracy? No. No, so it's not a crazy conspiracy, but I'm going to my only my only point on what you just made is you know, at the very end you said you think they're going to move forward with Buddy. If they get an offer that they cannot refuse for Buddy Hield, he's gone. Okay? So we're not saying that Buddy's there's 0% chance that Buddy's going to move. Okay? So I just want to kind of cover you on that. I know you're getting real passionate about that real quick. Uh, but if Sacramento gets a a chance to move Buddy Heald, you know, for an offer that they just can't refuse. They're going to do it, obviously. But ideally, from what we're thinking and what we're hearing about people, uh, you know, people's, you know, Buddy's trade value around the league, I'd put my money on him staying and Bogdanovich leaving. Yes. So that that does kind of, you know, that that's how I think the team's going to go. But, man, that that theory, it's... Real, real it's quick, Ryan, real quick. Go ahead. Real quick, though, I, I didn't say this because I'm going I'm to let you take it away, but... Part of the reason that it's like, well, dude, you guys are nuts talking about this. Part of the reason is, is I think Vaughty did some weird shit. If you look at Harry Giles, the, the Harry Giles situation, you remember the comment that came out? Well, I didn't give him the contract extension because I wanted to motivate him. What the fuck is that? So, like, okay, would, you yeah. put it, would, you, would you put it past uh, Vaughty that he, he basically gave Buddy that contract with the, in, the intention of trading him later for assets? No, and, and it's – I'm glad you brought that up, dude, because – I, I really, now that we're here where we're at, if Buddy does stay and McDonavich does leave and things do kind of work out like how me and you think they should, we're going to be looking at Vladi and looking at him as like, what a horrible GM he was. What horrible, horrible mistakes that he made. He is lucky that he landed Darren Fox. He's lucky that he got to bring in, you know, got lucky with the number two pick for Marvin Bagley. Um, even that's going to haunt him because of the Lucas ship, but we're not going to get into that, but I don't put it past him. And it, it is a little far-fetched what you're saying just because, okay, so if you were to be accurate on this theory, that's mind-blowing, okay? First off, if that's really what you're saying, it'd be absolutely mind-blowing. 
because of the fact that me and you have no ties to anything. Literally, Eric is sitting in his breezeway at his house right now recording, and I'm sitting in a spare bedroom where my wife and kid are in the next room. All right. So like we that's just to put that in perspective of, of our connections. So if you were to be able to connect the dots on that and that ends up being true, that's remarkable. But it does make sense because along the way, if you do connect the dots, we when the AMEC article came out, we did have a specific podcast just for the AMEC article. We literally talked probably 45 minutes just on the AMEC article. We talked about the bogey buddy situation, every single podcast dating back to last, last October. So uh, to me, it makes sense. I know for other people, it's going to be hard to put your mind around that, whatever. Uh, but me and Eric do follow um, everything Sacramento. So for me, it, it makes perfect sense, man. It, it, and it wouldn't be the first time that Vaudi had signed a guy and then with the intention of trading him later for an asset. Uh, I, I think that, the, the, yeah, great. I'm glad that's what, man, I'm glad that you, yeah. you went there. Cause that's exactly what he did with George Hill. If you remember George Hill was coming off a big playoff series. Was it with the jazz Ryan? Was that where George Hill was? Uh, when he came yeah. You, Sacramento? Uh, was it Indiana? I, I, Indiana I think Utah. No, I think it was the jazz at that time. U- it might've been Utah. Yeah. So, okay. He was coming off a great, great run. He was a very, he was a coveted point guard. And a lot of people were surprised because I want to say they had Aaron Fox that year, right? Yeah, like they did. They the drafted. Street. They drafted. Yeah. They drafted Fox that year. Yes. It was weird. Like, but I think that that, and then he ended up getting traded later. I think that Vladi signed Hill for the intention of moving him for an asset to a playoff team at the deadline, which was, it, it didn't really work out because they ended up trading him and they got back who who they they got back him on Chumpert, okay? So which yes. ended up falling off and him not really being anything. So. But I, I think he did that to try to pull a savvy move. Let's lock a guy in. Let's get his. Let's retain his rights and then trade it later. Um, you know, and, and so he. I mean, he 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 traded Deadman with the quickness this year. So it, it, I wouldn't put it past him that that was his way of maybe trying to acquire asset with Buddy Heald. I think that's where things went sour. That's one of my conspiracy theories. Is like around that time the Amic article came out came out is the time he got benched. And when they didn't trade Bogey, and then the reports are coming out that they're going to match everything. I think Buddy's representation is. Well, Howard, if you're going to match Bogey and you're going to extend Fox, you have Bagley coming up and you want to build this team, where's my guy fall into this? And I think everybody, even us, was like, well, I think, Bo- I think Buddy's going to get traded for assets, clearly, because they, they don't value him. So, um, you know, just tying that in. And, and then again, like I said, with, with the gentry ties, firing everybody, I, I think that's where they're going to go. Um, so it, it's, it's, at a, it's a crazy theory. And, and part of it's crazy, too, because it's exactly – what we've been asking for so you know there is a little bit of that on our end but um i just wanted to put it out there now because um it's going to be wild this whole story is going to be wild but i wanted to move us into kind of buddy hill as a whole ryan um and i want to talk about him as a player his role we've touched on in the last couple episodes but this is the buddy hill episode man i got into a big interaction today with a guy um you know i've made some posts uh just i've seen a lot of posts in kings kingsland i don't i think has this a bad there's a lot of bad takes surrounding this out there dude there are there are there are, there are a lot of bad takes um let, let's just talk about buddy healed as a whole man let's just go up riff off of it unscripted let's do it so you want me to leap cool all right so i'm gonna jump into this so this whole thing with the buddy healed contract okay and i pointed out this on the last podcast buddy healed's contract they you know um, on Sacramento Bench Mob, they came out. I believe it was Yost came out and, and posted that um, all the top uh, shooting guard salaries and all that stuff. It might have came from Bleacher Report, and he reposted it. Anyways, okay, 
Buddy Heald falls in line with his production and his stat line, falls in line directly with how much he should be making. Okay. Uh, so going, bringing this to Eric's little interaction today. Okay. So you got an interaction with the guy and honestly, um, I'm not going to say names or anything, but this guy's take was, it was really bad. And it, 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 what it gave me was it kind of reinforced the mindset of a Sacramento Kings fan. And what I've always thought is kind of the loser mentality that Sacramento has. Okay. So the guy's take was that Kojo, okay. Was pretty much more valuable to Buddy Heald uh, than the team because of Buddy's contract to Corey Joseph's contract. And Eric has always been big on Corey Joseph's contract being terrible. Okay. Eric, there's an article that came out today on Bleacher Report saying that Buddy Heald has the uh, Sacramento's contract that they should get rid of the most. And on reality, it's Corey Joseph and all that. Anyways, so the guy came out and said that Sac- that Corey Joseph was more valuable than Buddy Heald. Um, and, and to me, it's just like, it's kind of a loser's mentality because when you look at it, Corey Joseph averaged six points and three assists this year. Buddy Heald is one year, not even a full year. He is 10 months away from being Sacramento's best player. Okay. He was put into a terrible situation this past year. The organization was in a terrible position. You know, coming into this year, I think Sacramento organization took three steps backwards from the previous year. They fired Jaeger. Vladi made horrible free agent decisions, minus Rashawn Holmes, which me and Eric have been me and Eric have talked about a few times. But I think Buddy has just put been put in such an unfair situation over this last year that it's just wrong. Okay. To me, I, I see a lot of stuff, people hating on Buddy Heald, and I said it earlier in the podcast, the only thing Buddy Heald has done wrong since he's been in Sacramento in these last few months is not answer Luke Walton's phone calls. Okay, So I see people comparing him to DeMarcus Cousins and saying that he's, he's more of a nuisance than DeMarcus Cousins. Get the hell out of here. Okay, That is absolutely terrible. That is a terrible take. Yes, Eric, go ahead. Sorry. So I think, I think that uh, a lot of people – they their takes come from their it's emotions dude it's these emotions they don't like the guy because he said something negative about the kings and he's a he's a prima donna so if you're one of these people that say that yeah i'm i'm coming at you i'm i'm coming at you okay the guy has the guy has worked really it's like it's you know ryan we've been in adult basketball leagues and we've been in open gym and and buddy hill is is with the the b team okay and he's playing with it with the the 40-year-old uh, middle-aged center who is like, hey, throw the rock over here. You can't take nobody off the dribble and jacks up the shots over with the overhead throw, okay? And, and I think that's why Buddy was, was so frustrating to players this year. To, not, not players, but frustrating to fans this year was because when he did play, he played with a bunch of losers, especially second half of the season, particularly in the bubble. I mean, dude, there was a game where Corey Joseph had more minutes then Buddy Yield, would you not be fucking frustrated when you you're you just got a four year extension and you're the leading scorer of the team the last two years and fucking Corey Joseph is playing over you? No shit, he's frustrated, guys. He's not being utilized correctly. So like this whole like emotional take about about how you feel about him has nothing to do with his contract and his value. Okay, now him being one dimensional, Ryan, it is valid. <laughs> okay, it was a little bit valid this year because he, he is not a ball handler. He doesn't take people off the dribble. Okay, what well, what about his whole play style? Do you think what kind of role do you need? Do you think he needs to be in? Because me and you think he's not being utilized correctly. Okay, that's the fault. It's the it's the job of the coaches. It's the job of the staff to put a guy in a position to maximize his skill set. If you look in the NFL, it's like asking um, 
you know, Lamar Jackson to come to the line of scrimmage and, and read and pick apart a defense like Peyton Manning. It's like asking Tom Brady to run the speed option. Okay, you're not going to fucking do that because they can't do it. So you're not going to ask Buddy to do all these things that he can't do. All right, that's, that's kind of my comparison. So what does, like, using him correctly look like? It's exactly what Jaeger did. It's exactly what Jaeger did. You set screens for him. You let him catch and shoot. You don't ever put him put him in the game in a position to be the primary ball handler for multiple possessions at a time, multiple minutes at a time. Okay, there was many many times where I would turn on the Kings game and you see Buddy in there. Okay, it's Buddy, Corey Joseph, Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes, Bealisa, and you're like, what the fuck is Buddy supposed to do with this? Okay, Corey Joseph, I'm sorry. For all you people who think Corey Joseph has the intangibles and plays such great defense, okay? The guy is a career backup, okay? And he went to Texas, okay? I'm a big Texas fan. I actually really like Corey Joseph in college. So for every guys people saying, I don't like the guy, I actually really do like the guy, all right? I, he's won two championships, cool, all right? But the the when you put Buddy in there with a guy who dribbles with his back to the basket, and he's not creating open shots for Buddy, and you're having to give Buddy the ball eight seconds on the shot clock, and you're asking him to come and take force a shot, of course he's going to be bad, okay? Buddy is one-dimensional, okay? But you got to be able to use him very, you know, not very, but you got to be able to use him well to his, uh, you know, to his main attributes. Kind of like, all right, so Eric hates this comparison, all right? But Clay Thompson, okay? There is not once where Golden State asked Clay Thompson, hey, we're going to pass you the ball right when you cross the – we're going to have you bring up the ball, okay? Then we're going to come set a screen for you. We're going to have you dribble around and then try to get to the hoop or cast up a shot. No, Clay Thompson runs baseline to baseline. He gets screens. He comes off catch and shoot. There was that game against Sacramento where he dropped like 50-something points, and they said he dribbled the ball like 12 times. He didn't even dribble. Okay? He just he doesn't yeah. even dribble. Yeah. He just catches That's what you – that is it, it, it's similar to what Duncan Robinson does right now with Miami. Okay. Buddy's obviously a better athlete and a better player than Duncan Robinson. But Duncan Robinson, if you guys watch basketball besides Sacramento, which I highly doubt some of you guys do, okay. Um the Duncan Robinson comes off screens, catch and shoot. He's got the green light from anywhere. That's what Buddy Heald needs. Sacramento needs to put Buddy in a position to succeed. Okay. You can't ask the guy to bring the ball up and try to run pick and roll. It's not gonna work. So one player, two, and this is the throwback. So if you weren't watching basketball in the 2000s, you're not going to catch this reference, all right? But I can I compare another uh, – and the reason Ryan said I don't like the Clay Thompson thing as much because Clay Thompson is such like, such an elite player and everything that it, 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 it can – people get all confused and shit. And it's not that Ryan's not right. It's just like, you know, people get all crazy about that take. It's similar, uh, though. It's a similar it, play it, style. You're totally that's right. I mean. You're totally right. But that's why, like – um, I, Rip Hamilton, as I said, it, Rip Hamilton, Detroit Pistons, you know, oh, oh, three, oh, four, like that season. If you go, just, just, just go watch it. He was, he was running figure fucking eights around, around the inside the arc, baseline, baseline, off screen. He was literally running the entire time. Catch you, catch you, catch you, trigger, 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 trigger. That's what that is. That's the type of player he is. Um, and I think one of the, you know, Ryan, you, you tell me about, you tell me what you think. I think that this past year, I think the Kings really tried hard to – they wanted to push pace at times, and it seemed like De'Aaron Fox was like the focal point. And he kind of was – De'Aaron Fox was kind of like the focal point of the offense where it's all De'Aaron Fox coming off screens and driving and then dishing, driving, dishing, right? That seems to be like what they're so focused on, and that's why they, they, they just want these guys, these guys who just stand there and catch and shoot, you know. 
And the, but what happens with that, and why, the reason I don't necessarily like that offense is because what happens is De'Aaron Fox, he gets in the key, um, and he gets – he gets kind of clamped. Teams intentionally clamp him, and he, he has to throw out of it. And that's why you have these games where De'Aaron Fox has big turnover games. One game I will cite in the bubble was a game against Orlando Magic. Okay, that Orlando Magic game in the bubble, they came, they're big. They got big guys, linky guys all over the court, and they came out in a – you can see it. Two, three zones just sitting inside the key, all right? And, and they said, okay, you're not, we're not going to let De'Aaron Fox fast break us and take us to the hole because he's crazy good at that, right? Um uh, that's why I think that having Buddy being more of a focal point, not all day, every day, but parts of the game, large parts of the game, big focal point of the offense where he's running figure eights like Rip Hamilton and all these other guys you name, and he's casting off screens. What it does is, you mentioned it, it forces people to, to respect him at the perimeter, forces you, them to respect other players at the perimeter, and then allows them to be more versatile and some of the other things that they want to do. But it seems like they would just want to have Buddy go out there and – just be a playmaker and that's what he is so i would say ryan and i are most frustrated about his usage uh anything else on his usage ryan yeah so for people who do watch the you know watch basketball games no matter what nba team you are what game you're watching if it's the playoffs it's the first game of the season every nba team comes out and the very first possession of that team's offense you know unless they got a like a breakaway steal or something everybody pretty much touches the ball Okay, if you go out there, the offense does a full rotation. Okay, ball movement is there. Uh, screens are being set. That's how I would want Sacramento to play more because it gets Buddy Hield involved. So if you ever, if you ever wonder what I'm talking about, just go watch the first two possessions of any game, and the offense is being fully ran through to a full rotation. Okay, obviously Darren Fox is the best, most talented player on the team. Okay, so at any point Darren Fox can take the ball to the hoop, but I would like them to see getting that ball movement and trying to get Buddy open in catch-and-shoot situations instead of passing him the ball with seven seconds left on the shot clock and he has to create. Okay, so we've pretty much touched on his usage. I think the number two thing that uh, we've been hearing, and Ryan, I don't, I don't want to spend too long on this because this is such, a, this is such a, a weird point, all right? But it's his, uh, his attitude or whatever, okay? Okay. Um, and it's what I, the guy said to me, his intangibles, blah, blah, Look, if, if you really want to get into it, from all accounts that comes out, the people who follow the team, they say that Buddy Hield is a gym rat. You know, that's what people say. I don't know. I don't like to get all put in faith and stuff like that because those are all, oh, he's in here working real hard. That, that, that falls in line with a he's a good locker room guy take, which we hate. We, you know that. We hate that. So, you know, every, everybody knows Buddy works hella hard. He's a hard worker. Okay, that's not the issue. The guy's not lazy. He's not lazy on the court. He, 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 he works at his craft from all accounts. Like you said, the only thing is he's upset and, my, and wants to be out of here because the Kings fucking have sucked for so long. And they clearly, based on my conspiracy, want to railroad the guy. Wouldn't you be mad too? So I'd be, like, I'd be, I'd be furious. So it's ridiculous. This attitude thing, it's like... Guys, you're out there. Well, he's got a bad attitude. We must trade him now before it's too late. What the fuck does that mean, guys? You want to trade okay. him before it's too late? What it's, is it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I've I've been struggling with this all day. Okay, Eric is Eric's the nice guy out of us two. Okay, Eric's the guy who's told me that I'm not allowed to be mean to people on the Facebook group. Okay, but it took everything that I had today to not start fucking ripping people okay 
Eric has very much been, hey, we don't want to be those guys. We want to. All right. Buddy because because we because Ryan wrong. we appreciate we appreciate positive discourse, dude. Like on Twitter, people don't even reply; they don't want to talk about anything. And so, like when when I have that, I, I don't want to be that, that that way either. That's my I, only and, reasoning. And, and I understand it, and I bite tongue, okay. But holy shit, guys, what has Buddy Healed done wrong? And for someone to compare Buddy Healed to Demarcus Cousins is absolutely senile. All right, Demarcus Cousins did so many things wrong with the media, with his teammates, with his coaches. Okay, the guy had no respect for anybody. And I love Demarcus Cousins. He's one of the most talented players, I think, in the last 15 years to come in the NBA. All right, but for people to compare Buddy Heald to that is absolutely ridiculous. The only thing the guy has done was not answer his freaking phone. Who gives a shit? Who cares? We have Buddy Heald under contract for four years. He can't do shit, all right? If Sacramento puts a team around him and they like they did Alvin Gentry in to help him out, okay, if they put him in a position to succeed, he's going to be fine. We don't need to trade him before it's too late for anything, all right? Buddy Hill's going to come out next year and average 20 points a game if he's on Sacramento. He did this year on the shit team with a shit roster and a shit coaching plan, all right? So Buddy Hill's going to be just fine. Well, and, and, and all this thing about him being upset, uh, you know what, guys? Uh... I guarantee you if, if they, if they, Buddy Hill has no, we're going to go into his contract, but he has no, he's in no position of leverage. He's locked up for four years. He can't go anywhere. He's not going anywhere. If they don't want him to go anywhere, unless Ryan said they get a big deal, they don't have to trade him. They say, Hey, look it. We understand Vladi and previous direction. We understand. We understand. But you know, what? we're, we're going to really make that effort. We brought Gentry in. We're going to utilize you. And I said the last episode, Buddy's just a shooter, man, and shooters just want to shoot. Shooters just want to shoot, and they just want to play. They want to be they, – they just want to shoot, man. They just want to shoot, wanna, coach. And I guarantee you, if you put him back in and you let him fucking run figure eights and you let him cast some shots and he's got some big games and gold one centers going, ah, you, all will be well, and you got, and he's killing it, and the Kings are winning. All you people out there are going to change your tune. You're going to change your tune. I'm going to screenshot your shit, and I'm going to send it back to you. That's what I'm going to do, all right? So, like I said, Ryan, I'm not going to stand this attitude, intangible bullshit, because I don't like arguments like that, man. I don't like arguments like that. It's a bunch of people's feelings. Now, look it. I get it. I said it last time. I said it last time. If you want a more versatile player in return, great, okay? But there's not many of them out there that are just up for sale that they're going to get. Now, if, if you said, we should have Zach Levine, I fucking agree. I love Zach Levine. I think he's a superstar, budding superstar. Of course, I'd love to have him. But you got to go get him. And that's not realistic. That may not be realistic. There's not that many guys out there. So it's like you're wanting something. You're wanting something, but it might not necessarily be there in return. And we get that. We get if you want a guy that's a little bit more balanced on the defensive side versus the offensive side. And we get that, guys. But that's, that's a different conversation, I think. I think that people need to go watch other NBA teams. People need to not just watch only Sacramento games. You know, I, I, I would like to challenge people out there who think Buddy Heald needs to be moved. Go watch other shooting guards in the NBA. All right? You can't name me 10 better shooting guards than Buddy Heald. You can't. You absolutely can't. And Because there, there's not. There's not 10 better shooting guards out there. All right? Buddy Heald is is a really good player. So I, I, I just really encourage people, go watch other NBA teams, dude, and try to find me somebody better than Buddy because it's not going to happen. And you know we're not going to be able to get anybody in free agency because it's Sacramento. 
All right, you know the what's la- not going to happen. The last thing I want to address, Ryan, is the contract, his tradability, why he's valuable, and why they don't need to trade him right now. That, that's what I want to talk about, all right? Um, we, we said well, there, there's a – he's on a de-escalating contract for four years that has not even kicked in yet. Uh, he's here. He's locked in, all of that. Uh, Buddy Hill's value is not going to, like – it's not going to go away like that it's just it's not going to go away like that um this isn't the, this isn't the nfl where guys get all pissed off and then they lose value this isn't like that contracts are guaranteed it's, it's just not, it doesn't work that way you know hey eric real quick while i'm talking bring up harrison barnes contract for me real quick okay so buddy healed his value his tradability okay i this is great because I, I don't want this to happen. Okay, I'm going to throw that out there. I, do, I really don't want this to happen. But if Buddy Heald leaves, okay, if Buddy Heald goes somewhere like, you know, I saw a rumor today that Minnesota would rather pair Carly Towns and D'Angelo Russell with a, with a win-now kind of guy. All right, if the Kings were somehow, some way able to land that number one pick, whatever, I guarantee you Buddy Heald goes there and flourishes. And all you people are going to be sitting there saying, oh, Buddy Heald's so good. Why did we do this? Oh, Monty McNair fucked up trading him. Okay. I don't want that to happen. I do want it to happen just to throw it back in everyone's faces who's freaking sitting here doubting. Okay. Do you got the contract up, Eric? I do. Uh, one take, though, so I get this in is like um, one of the things I kind of like to play with people on the, on this take, like you're saying. I mean, you look at all the guys who've been, who've done well, who are playing the playoffs right now that previously played for the Kings. There's a lot of them. Um, but I, I look at them like, okay, would you trade Buddy Hill to the Warriors for Andrew Wiggins? And and then how do you think how do you think the Warriors would handle Buddy oh Hill? Oh my god! Oh my you know? god! Can you imagine? No, can I, you I totally, imagine? I totally, I totally, I totally can't imagine. And I know I'm not saying they should do that, but it's like if you really think it's whatever, like okay, you or, or Buddy Hill, or Buddy Hill to like the Lakers. You know, I've seen stuff like. Can you imagine Buddy Hill with LeBron and AD? The amount of wide open shots that the guy would have. Oh, you think that Danny Green's hitting shots and and Contavious Caldwell Pope are hitting threes? Can you imagine Buddy Heald with space? Get the hell out of here, dude. That, that, Can you imagine kinda... him and him in Milwaukee? I've you know it'd be oh, dude, him in Miami. Holy shit, dude. It's the Sixers. I mean, there's a lot of teams. That's where it's like you oh, look dude. at it. Guys, get don't get you get all worked up and stuff about you. Hey, but like picture him in other places and then say, oh shit, him and the Warriors would be nasty. They'd be yeah. nasty. So. Oh, um, <laughs> Yeah, so HB's contract. I didn't want to think it, about that. It's pretty much. It looks like what we were saying. Uh, you know, Buddy Hill's con- de-escalating over over it's, four years. So it, he's, it's he's essentially twenty twenty two next year. Okay, 20, uh, 20 yeah. and then and, 18, and this yeah. is what, and this is what I wanted to bring up. All right, who's more valuable, HB or Buddy Hill? I'm taking Buddy Hill all day long because people like to say, "Well, Buddy Hill's one dimensional." What does HB do well? What does he do? Well, I'll say this: What does he do great? Nothing. What is his beat? Uh, talent. It's nothing. HB does everything pretty good. He has his nights where he's a good shooter. He has his nights where he can score a little bit. He's not a great rebounder. He doesn't have. He's not a great assist guy. He's not a great playmaker. Okay, so people need to realize why is it okay that we're paying Harrison Barnes that much and not Buddy Hield that? Because Buddy Hield is a great three point shooter. He won the three point contest for a reason. Well, he's here's averaged why. nineteen and twenty points the last two years. Here's here's why, because because Harrison Barnes is the, he's that community guy. He's a, he's like exactly. NBA community and guy. That's, exactly, he, and that's the know. point that I'm making. And that's the point that I'm making. And when you had that argument today, well, I wouldn't say argument, discussion today, it was the guy was intangibles. Well, at least I know that Corey Joseph's going to come in and kind of make the right play. 
Get out of here with that, dude. You go with stats. Stats do not lie. Buddy Heald is 19 and 20 points a game the last two years. He's a three-point champion for a fucking reason, people. Okay? So, hey, Ryan, for everybody – what a slap hands doesn't doesn't win win games brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey good game guys slap hands man that's exactly. that's not winning but that's, that's my thing games. dude that's my thing when Corey joseph is out of the league here in about three years dude i'm gonna come back and be like oh yeah really uh, really Corey joseph better than buddy healed huh because well, Corey joseph if Corey i think, joseph think about hb Sacramento, i think i think the thing about hb though ryan you said like what did you do uh, six, eight, six, nine wing players aren't yes. that, that can score and do everything. Those, those guys aren't just like walking around the league and that's where his value lies. Yes, they if, are. If, if, yes, they are. I don't know. Yes, they are guys. All right. Okay. How many, what did, what did HB averages pass your 12, 13, maybe 14 a game? Bring that up. Bring that up because there's there's guys there there is guys like that. You can when when you have Darren Fox and you have Buddy Hield who's an elite three point shooter. What you need out of that wing guy is a guy who's versatile. People talking about versatility, you don't need the versatility out of that out of Buddy Hield's position. Why Buddy Hield? They're making a, practically the same money. Why don't you go get the versatility out of the guy who doesn't do anything great? Go get the versatility out of that three position. Someone who can switch off and guard a four and guard the five. There's guys like that in the NBA. Almost every team that was in the playoff had one. They all did. So for, you know, your argument that's, you know, 6-8, but nah, get the hell out of here, dude. All right, you get your versatility out of your three guy who's who can go guard three or four positions. Not out of Buddy Heald who does something elite because there's a handful of guys in the NBA who do something elite. So let me bring it back, though, the original thing on why – because we kind of, we kind of, we're going off, man. This, this is fun. I like coming around and talking like, man, this is fun. But uh, why, why Buddy Hield? Why we don't need to get rid of him right away is because, like I, I kind of said, he, he's locked in for a bunch of years, and so he doesn't have any leverage at all. His only leverage is is pulling a Kawhi Leonard that year in San Antonio and said, "I will not play until I'm traded," and it might take a year. That's his only leverage. So the Kings hold all the cards, and. Um, a guy who who scores twenty points a game, pretty much on shooting, and has got a, is a top five three point shooter in the league. Maybe even better than that. Maybe some could say he's one of the you know he's arguably in there. Um, those guys are not those guys are not going to lose value at all. They're not going to lose value because uh, any playoff team. I mean, you look at this year. If okay, in the next couple of years, Buddy is going to be making 18, 19, 20 million. I mean, dude, Danny Green got paid uh, fifteen million this year. Danny Green did fifteen yeah. million. It's not that yeah. far off. And like, and, and Danny Green was getting death threats a week ago. Yeah, right. I mean, so let's put that into perspective. So, so like, really, there's the they'll they'll have no issue. And I said it last time. And this is where these people I'm addressing to you. If you're if you're sitting here in the comments and you're saying that oh they need to trade him now before it's too late, it's over. They need to get what they can. What uh whatever you know, they don't need to get what they can. The best thing to do is make him happy, keep him here, and wait for the right deal for you as a franchise. Because like Ryan said, the Kings franchise has a fucking loser mentality over the years. And if they were just to give up of a guy on a guy like this right away for nothing just, just because we just need to clean our hands with it, then you deserve to be a fan of a shit-ass team for a long time. But I don't want to be. I, I don't want to be, man. I don't want to be. And that's what, that's what that would mean. So keep on – I get it. If, they, if, if later on – they want to move them. They'll be able to move them. Okay, they'll be able to move them. It's not one of these things where the value is going because this contract's not near. I think people look at it in the Cousins situation. 
they like they say, well, we could we could have traded Cousins back in the day to the Celtics or this and that and got a haul. Yeah, but the reason was that Demarcus Cousins' contract was was getting towards the end. It was getting towards the end, and the Kings were having to make a decision. But the Kings waited until the final hour, uh, the final trade deadline of, of the you know to do it, and that's where you kind of that's where you lose the value. But if Demarcus Cousins were locked up for five years and they decided to trade him, they would have got a lot different trade trade package back. So that that's the take that's the take on the whole contract situation, man. So if you really are like we need to trade him out, you're wrong. You're just wrong because he, he's going to be tradable for years. He's going to be. He's 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 in, he's in his mid mid twenties and not. It's fine. It's all fine. And if you're if you're in the boat that you think that Buddy Hield should be traded, send me some trades. All right, we're put it on Sacramento Kings bench mob. We're on there every day. I'm on there probably five hours a day. Put Ryan Culpepper, tag me in it. Eric Eric Culpepper, tag us in it. We're we're more than likely to come in there and we'll talk. But give me a give me a trade offer that you think's worth it. Okay. Yeah. That's that's it. I'm I'm good on that. Couple good ones put out there today, and in a lot of them, you know, we're I think Ryan over the next couple of weeks, uh, we're we're gonna have to break down some of the trades, um, you know, because the people are putting them out there, and some of them are, some of them aren't necessarily realistic, and and I'm not gonna sit there and who the fuck am I? I'm not gonna be the uh, the guy who's in there saying this trade's not great. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Like people are going to have their trades. So we'll break down some of the top ones. Maybe we're on a poll later on, but that's a good idea, man. And, and so, um, you know, it, like Ryan said, interact with us. We freaking love it. So uh, you got anything else, Ryan? It was a, it was a fun episode. We got a little, we got a little yeah. after today, huh? See, all right. Usually we don't get a little flustered. All right. For everybody listening to King's cast, go back and listen to some of our other, we're usually not like this, but just because the amount of shit that I've been seeing over the week you know, I just got a little bit in my feelings. It doesn't happen often, maybe once or twice a year. I'm glad you got to experience it. But moving forward, you know, this this is about a once every six months thing. Yeah, and it, it, it was, yeah, it was fun. And we just got passionate because, like I said, we've just been, it's something we've been talking about for so long that it's it's something that, you know, we're kind of pounding the table on it. And I guess we'll see the result, dude. We'll see the result. So, um, hey, guys, we uh, appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, if you ever have a trash take of the week, you can nominate it by tagging us in the comment. Um, if you ever have anything you want to read on the show, like Ryan said, if you have a trade, you just want to shout out, you let us know you're listening. Honestly, guys, I know today, like Ryan said, we were a little heated, but we're, we're happy to hear from you guys. And we love the discourse and we just love to interact with Kings fans. And, and we want to represent some of the takes that are out there in Kings land. So um, just hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Kingscast Eric at Kingscast Ryan. And stay up to date with the podcast. You can check us out at our main account on Casecast. Uh, and with everything else, like I said, uh, you can find our entire catalog streaming wherever you find your podcast. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kanks. Kanks. episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.